listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio with your host, PGA professional Brendan Elliott and the Little Linksers crew. All right, welcome to Love of the Links for the week of January 21st. This is Brendan Elliott with Jordan Lashoons. Jordan, what's up, man? Welcome back, everybody. Yes, sir. And we had a very busy weekend, both of us, although it was chilly for here in Florida. <laughs> It sure was the uh, it, it, eh, it was more the wind than chilly, but the uh, the kids definitely weren't digging it this weekend. <laughs> no, it was, you know, we're both from upstate. When I say upstate, I'm from upstate New York. You're from Connecticut. And we know what cold is and we know what nasty weather is. But I think the longer you're down here, you definitely grow accustomed to uh, what was that saying? Your blood's out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I can't take the cold like I do. No, and they, they got, what, almost foot and a half of snow up where I live this past week. Yep. And uh, I think the temperature I saw the other day was neck eight. And that's not counting the wind chill, and the wind was blowing like 20 miles per hour. So the hell with that. I'm fine here in Florida, but I was still cold yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Hey, the kids were still putting in the work. Yeah, yeah, I had two lessons. I did a couple uh that we couldn't get to because uh the girls were some of the girls Bryn and Bretton were out at the LPGA event that we had here in Orlando the Diamond Resorts it's always a fun event uh with celebrities and and uh you know it used to be a champions tour event I believe the last couple years so I believe John Daly was in the field and, and some of the other champions tour guys but uh, a lot of celebrities uh ex-ball players uh Larry the Cable Guy Alfonso Alfonso Rivera, yeah, who uh, suing Fortnite. That's <laughs> that's my man. <laughs> Bring down Fortnite. Get rid of it. I'm sorry, Jordan. I know you played Fortnite. I haven't played it in forever. But this was the first year it was an LPGA event, uh, and they had they had a limited field, but some some of the top stars were there: Brittany Lindsacomb, uh, Lexi Thompson, uh, Lydia Ko, uh, one of our students, Brenton. She had the opportunity through her dad's job to. Uh, not only uh, attend some of the functions that will go on at night, some of the concerts and uh, the, the pro-am mixer that they had, the pairings party, but she was inside the ropes throughout the week. Uh, so obviously we follow her on Instagram, but it was cool to see that. She was loving every second of it. Oh, yeah. That's, that was probably a dream week for her, for sure. But before we started recording here, we I, I just threw a thought there. Damn, should have had her... Uh, do a couple interviews for us, you know, that was an opportunity missed right there. Um, but yeah, that seemed like a, a cool event. Obviously the weather played a factor in some of the ladies that I root for on the PGA, uh, Lydia Ko, uh, specifically, she, uh, she was right there going into Sunday, but ballooned up to a 77, which with that wind howling pretty easy. I say, to Sunday that. was rough. Yeah. Um, and then on the PGA tour out in, uh, out in the desert, we had a, uh, first time winner, a rookie, uh, and you know Phil was right there. Phil could have done it. Um, did I tell you that Phil's actually grown on me a little bit? <laughs> no way. Yes, yes. Uh, ever since the uh, Phil and Tiger thing, I I started to get a little bit on that Phil bandwagon, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it it was cool. The buzz he created at the start of the the tournament this week with. Uh, the 59 watch and almost almost getting it, shooting right. 60. 
Uh, it was cool. He was almost wire to wire. Uh, I think I don't think he had the lead going into Sunday, but he was right there, and uh, he fell uh, by one stroke to uh, Adam, Long. Adam Long. It was a, a rookie once again uh, winning out there and just proving once again that for all the superstars that we talk about, you know, week in and week out, there's so many guys. The talent base is just so super deep that anybody can jump up there. Right, and he he really uh, he closed it out with a pretty darn nice birdie putt to, to take the win. It was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And so that's what was happening on the tours this week, uh, this past weekend. Uh, but the big news, at least here in central Florida and, and within the golf world is this is PGA merchandise show week here in Orlando, which is always nice. I, I take this for granted sometimes, but that it's a home game. It's really nice. Could you imagine where this is something where we would have to, travel like so many people do no i i can't imagine i mean no. it's it's exhausting enough just going down to the convention center here in florida i can mm-hmm. imagine traveling but it, it's it's a pretty exciting week and uh you know it's it's different for a lot for everybody on what they what they try to get out of the week and uh how many years have you gone i've been going for about five years now five years now and i've been going since let's see i moved down here in 96 so i've been going a long time <laughs> but it, you know it's evolved for me and any any pga pros out there that, that might listen to this you'd probably agree with me but over the years it evolves it was it's always cool to see the latest and greatest from the major manufacturers some of the new stuff coming out whether it's golf balls or or the technology in the clubs or some training aids uh or even some obscure things that come out and then you don't see them again the following year for good or for bad. <laughs> um, but for me, it's more about, uh, it's become more about uh, catching up with contacts, uh, you know, people, you know, on social media or people you've met over the years. Uh, it's also about getting some education in um, and just, you know, networking. It's a big thing for me. Uh, I, I always joke that I barely got to see the show floor. Um, and that's usually what most people go for is seeing going through booth to booth. But this year I'm acting out time to see the show floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely would agree as I love to, to see the floor um, myself. I mean, it, it's a pretty big floor, but I can, I can normally see everything I want to see within a day or two, but I really enjoy, like you said, the whole networking aspect. Yeah, not only meeting up with people that we've met in the past, but meeting new new people that could possibly become uh, business partners or even just good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's always nice to be able to kind of see some familiar faces that do come in and travel to see it. Like we got Tom that'll come in and Juan, so it's always nice to catch up with them. And then, like you said, it's just getting some education as well, learning some new things, maybe technology or where the game's heading. Yeah, and it's 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 a big week for for the golf industry because it's kind of uh, obviously coming at the start of the of the new year. It really tries to get uh, you try to get a feel for what's what's to come for the year. And and golf has been on a a, a slow but steady climb from its uh, from its down years a couple of years back. Um, so a lot of people in the industry use this week to kind of get you know, feel the pulse of the industry and see where it's at, where it's heading. And, um, that always brings a lot of, uh, anticipation from, 
from a lot of people in the industry. I know for us down here, we're in the peak of our season here in Florida. Uh, but for most of the folks that come down from from up north or from around uh, different areas throughout the country, this is not their peak season. Um, so it's it's really getting them excited about, you know, what the potential could be for the year. It's really the start of them getting ready for their season. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, all right, PGA show. That means we can start getting ready for the season, get excited for the courses to open. It's, it's pretty exciting just to see how many people do go to the show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, sports industry trade shows in the world. Uh, and if, if you haven't been there, it's, kind of overwhelming the first time you do to go and just see how massive this industry is. And that's another thing too. I'm, I'm so glad that the golf channel has picked it up the last couple of years uh, and done morning drive, you know, live from the show. And there's been some other uh, segments and shows that they've had from the merchandise show. It really gives the, the consumer, the golfer, the, you know, the average golfer out there uh, a, a glimpse inside how massive this industry is. Right. This is something I used to talk about a lot at the golf academy um, in the business classes was, uh, you know, people may think they know how big the golf industry is, but you don't know until you know. I mean, a lot of people out there just think of golf as going to the golf course. Yeah. They don't, they don't think of the retail aspect or the business aspect of the golf courses and teaching. And there's, there's so many different aspects to golf that people don't see. And like you said, it is great that the golf channel can try to, bring that to the amateur golfers that kind of turn on golf channel here and there to just to kind of pique their interest. Yeah. And, and, and it also, you know, it goes into, uh, some of, some of the things that happen with, you know, uh, play golf America and, and, you know, golf 2020 and some of the organizations out there, how they really try to, um, make people understand the economic implications that it has, not just about the game, like you were saying, but, jobs it brings and you know florida it's a big it's a big industry in florida but it really is big industry throughout the entire country and um you, you think about it in terms of real estate or uh tourism and how that affects it how, how many golf courses have been built over the last 20 30 years that have uh have everything to do with housing developments so it really is a make or break for for real estate and the same is true especially here in a on the implications of golf is, is a, uh, you know, in terms of travel, tourism, business travel, things like that. So it, it is a big deal. Um, so a lot of things going on this week, a lot of people in town uh, for the show, a lot of events outside the convention center. Uh, demo day takes place uh, the day before the show opens. On Tuesday at OCN, right? Yep, Tuesday at Orange County National. Probably one of the best practice facilities in it, as long as I've been in the industry that I've ever seen, top notch. Yeah. Um, I, I actually won't make it out to demo day this year. Um, I'm doing a, a junior golf uh, forum. It's an all day thing at convention center through the proponent group, which I'm a member of. So I'm going to, you know, brush up on some of the goings on in junior golf from technology to fitness to psychology. And, you know, since, since I'm personally jumping more into teaching going forward, uh, this is information I really think that I need. Uh, I know you're wrapped up with some teaching this week, so you won't be able to take advantage of some of that stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's it's still going to be a big week for us little linksters. Um, 
I, I there's a lot of technology and I've talked to you and, and some of the other guys on our crew about some things I want to bring in and, you know, really take the bull by the horn as we move into the new year and, and use more technology uh, and, you know, really spice things up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, kids these days are constantly on technology, mm-hmm. so it only makes sense to maybe try and help them learn their golf games through technology. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, um, they're very, not only are they very much into technology, but they're probably more tech savvy than, oh, for sure. than a lot of us oh, are. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're how old? 26, 27. 27, and I'm 43. I know my son could oh. run circles around me. It's, All day. Yeah, at nine years old. Um, and he does. You know, he's helped me <laughs> when I'm stuck on some things. Uh, but the technology thing is big, and, you know, something I was thinking about, and I, I don't know how much I really got into it with you or Coach Alex, or Coach Mike, uh, I, I really feel there's a market out there through companies like like Coach Now and others do remote coaching. So say, for example, there's a, there's a child, maybe one that's may listen to this podcast uh, up in New York, where there's two feet of snow on the ground in some places, um, the talented young golfer, um, and maybe they follow some of the stuff we do. Maybe they've done a swing contest in the past when they were younger. Uh, but I, I think that I really want to pursue with, with Casey, uh, who is our techie guy. He's a PGA pro, um, really setting up opportunities for kids throughout the country. And, you know, we've got the swing contest that's international, maybe kids throughout the world that may want to work with us, uh, and, you know, thousands of miles separate us, but with technology, we could still do that. We could still be their coach, right? Um, whether it's through mobile applications, internet, uh, Skype, there's, I mean, uh, WhatsApp, there's so many ways we could keep in contact and share, share video content and, you know, just share what, what they're up to, what, what they're practicing or give them ideas on what they, they could practice or what they should be practicing. Right. Um, so I'm excited about that, pursuing that. I don't know something that, Obviously, it would open up uh, things for us from a business standpoint, but more importantly, I think for you and I both is um, helping kids that may not have the opportunity to have a coach. You right. Know? Yep. So that's something I'm interested in. And again, there's uh, products like Coach Now. Anybody listening, they should check that out. Coach Now or V1 or again, there's just oodles and oodles of technology out there. Um, so Jordan, I, w- I wanted to ask you with my favorite golfer in the world, teeing it up this week, first time in 2019, what do you think Tigers can do this week? Um, there's, there's definitely obviously a lot of hype with it being his first event of the year. I'm, I'm definitely excited to, to see him finally tee it up. Um, I f- he's done well at this event in the past and I, I'm kind of struggling to decide if he's going to do really good or if he's just kind of going to feel his game out. Um, I'm hoping he can kind of do both, maybe yeah. get a feel for his game on Thursday and then shoot a real good round on Friday and give him shot, a, a shot for the weekend. Yeah, and he's got a great track record, like you said, at this uh, this venue. So, um, so that's a side. I uh, wasn't very sharp in the match, um, and even he, he said that. And he took some time off. And look, every, 
anybody that, that keeps up with, you know, his state of mind, his thinking as he, as he gets older, um, he's, he's dedicated to this comeback for sure. But at the same time, he's, he's in a much different place than he's been at any point in his career. And, and I truly believe when he says it, he means it, that family means much more now than it ever did in the past. So, uh, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be a somewhat limited schedule this year, um, eyeing those majors. Um, so however that pans out with scheduling, uh, although, like I was just saying, he's a different person. So we could still see him jumping into some events that he's never played before. Right. I mean, last year, him playing at the Valspar was pretty exciting. Uh, that's not a tournament he, I don't think he'd ever played right. at that. Uh, he used to have a mixed team event with the LPGA years and years ago that he played with Kelly Keeney, I believe. Um, uh, at Innisbrook, Innisbrook, but playing Valspar last year. But I don't see things like that necessarily happening as frequently as it did last year. Right. I feel like he he has mentioned that he did kind of get a little tired, mm-hmm. um, and that's part part of the reason that he does want to limit his schedule. Um, but I I've, I also feel that being Tiger, he'll kind of once he kind of gets into that groove of playing well mm-hmm. and enjoying the spotlight again, he'll he'll kind of add some extras in there anyway how do you how do you think uh president's cup captaincy is gonna affect things for him uh, that's this year correct i think so yeah i believe so so uh with him being the captain and probably a playing captain uh as we get towards the end of the year i'm pulling the schedule now Man. but uh, how do you think that affects him they obviously the schedule is different this right year. i i don't know that it'll have a huge effect i think I think he'll enjoy being a captain. Yeah. Um, I, I do think he he enjoys that, and I think he enjoys the younger guys looking up to him and also kind of razzing on him as well. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think he actually really enjoys that, and it's kind of why he's been enjoying playing competitive golf again because even though it's competitive, he's still out there playing with the guys. Yeah. And that's what he has been, he's said that he missed just yeah. going out and playing with the guys. And you know, it's funny that I don't think he knew until he was in this situation the past few years, how much he enjoyed that. Right. Cause he was always, I'm going to step on your neck and kick your ass type of thing. <laughs> and I, I still think he has that mentality when, when he's, he's inside it. the ropes. Uh, but he really, you know, enjoys, I think, hanging out with these young guys like Ricky and right. all the guys that live down in Jupiter and, you know, practice with them and play with them. I think he really, really enjoys that. I just looked it up. The President's Cup is uh, in Australia, Royal Melbourne in December, December 9th through 15th. So cool. I don't know if that's going to really have too much of an effect because the the Tour Championship and the playoffs on, you know, several months before, before that. that right. So. Um, and I, and I think the change of the schedule on the tour with, with putting a lot of the emphasis on stuff a little bit sooner than it has, uh, last year was tough. I mean, I think the sole reason why the U S and people may not agree with me, but the sole reason why they lost and lost so badly was was because of the tour championship. And, and the only guy in the squad that wasn't in that field was Jordan Spieth. Um, so Tiger obviously coming off an emotional win, that that's a lot of it's draining. Yeah, mentally, physically, it's pretty draining. And to with all the expectations for the Ryder Cup 
coming off the mentally draining week at the championship, going straight into all that pressure of the Ryder Cup, that's that's not easy. No. So it's understandable that they struggled. Yeah. But once again, it's uh, it's exciting to see them back out there, back in the winner's circle. And uh, the only thing I hope that doesn't happen for Tiger's sake this year is, you know, such a buildup to him coming back and, and playing well, which he did last year, uh, and then finally getting a win, that I just hope that it's something that can carry over into this year. Right. Because it could easily go the other way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even for, in opinion, the best player in the world. In, hi- in modern history. Jack's up there, too. Remember, did, we, we've already about had that. this discussion, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, not to harbor on that anymore. Jordan, I, I wanted to kind of make this a, a regular thing in each podcast. Uh, swing tip or, or a tip for the average golfer out there, for junior golfers that may be listening. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll go first. I'll jump in first okay. and then I'll let you think of something while I'm talking about it. But something I was talking about with one of my new students, Noah, this weekend was, um, and it was, again, being a first lesson, we, we talked a lot about posture, grip, and alignment, which is the primary fundamentals that you need to, to learn as a newer golfer, but to always freshen up on as a, as a seasoned golfer. Uh, but one thing I mentioned briefly, which him and I are definitely going to get more into, is you need to have a pre-shot routine. And you need to have a pre-shot routine that not only you stick with on the golf course, but when you're hitting golf balls. It needs to become a part of everything that you do uh, with, you know, from a chip shot to a putt to a pitch all the way up through hitting a driver. And, and the reason for a pre-shot routine, uh, you can have, everybody has a different one, but it, it sets the tone for that shot. It kind of calms you down a little bit. It helps you focus a little bit better. Uh, and routines help lead to consistency. Um, one thing that we've talked about in the past, I think we even talked about it last week, was uh, that a lot of kids rush, they rush things, especially when there's emotions happening. They may have had a bad stretch of holes or hit a bad shot. And that's part of what a routine is. It helps you from when, when there's a leak on the ship, having that ship sink. Because if you get going fast, you're going to be bailing water and bailing water. But if you can stick a routine and there's a process in place that you can patch that hole up quick and just keep moving on and keeping the ship moving forward, um, pre-shot routine is the thing. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I like that because I, with one of my lessons this week, we were also working on kind of the grip aim and setup to start for our, our full swing on the range. And she had a tendency to, she's very athletic. She plays a lot of sports. Um, but she just, she's always full speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so her swing was very fast and it was getting her out of sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of just telling her to slow down, I went all the way back and we started working on the grip aim and setup mm-hmm. so that she wasn't focusing on slowing down. She was focusing on the right setup and posture yep. so that she could have the correct setup for the right tempo. Because as we've the golf swing is a sequence. Mm-hmm. And if something is off sequence, it throws the swing off. Right. Yep. So we were just very focused on starting our sequence from our grip aim and setup all the way through the swing. And it, it got to the point where she didn't even need me to help her with her, her setup anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to help her with her aim because she only slowed down 
and got into the right posture and aim without even having to think. And there was one point where she, she got into a great setup and posture and she started to switch it. And I was like, what are you doing? You don't have to, you, you, you set up perfectly the first mm-hmm. time this time. Mm-hmm. She was like, really? And it's, it's just slowing them down and making them realize that sometimes you do go all the way back to the beginning to fix something. Yep. Um, and keeping it consistent. And it's something, one other thing I've been working on that kind of goes with that is the the transition of the golf swing from the backside to the front side. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all happens because of the sequence of the swing and the tempo of the swing. Mm-hmm. So if something is off with that tempo, it's going to cause a lot of things to be off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, we've just been working a lot on getting the, the weight through the golf ball. Yep and working on our balance at the end. Yeah. And something to add to that, we were talking about the, the proper sequence of things and, uh, the movement from starting stagnant, which is something that is, I think is unique to golf. I think everything else, any other sport that you, you think about is reactionary baseball. It's a, when you're batting and there's a ball coming at you or, basketball is a constantly moving thing or football same thing but with golf you're starting from a stagnant position um and it it can get difficult and then the mental things can start creeping in because you're starting from stationary and then you're initiating the movement you know what i mean yeah, you're no, not reacting for sure to something. i mean even even in my own swing when i'm, I'm at setup and i start if it feels weird i'm like oh i didn't start with the right body part or mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that's, you're constantly thinking of. Yeah. But that, again, that's where routine comes in. Right. If you can start your pre-shot routine and stick with it all the way through, which is definitely hard to do. Look, you and I coach and we talk about these concepts, but you and I are probably some of the first people to do the, exactly what we're talking about. I know I don't stick to routine all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at sticking to my routine. Are you? Um, it, I know that there's an issue when I don't do my, my mm-hmm. routine. Um, if I, if something goes wrong when in my swing, it's probably because I got up there and didn't do my routine. Yeah. Um, and I have a routine. Most of it's really the same for my full swing, whether it be driver or wedge or iron, it's just kind of taking a step back, mm-hmm. looking in for my target. I take a, a practice swing or two and then I'm ready to go. I, I don't try to stand over the ball and think too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes I'll just get up there and kind of swing. And that's when things go awry. Yeah. Cause I didn't take that time to kind of zone in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that's my suggestion. And obviously Chris Jordan agrees. Um, if you don't have a routine, discover one, work on one. And again, this is something that you don't even need to really go to the golf course where you can just, you know, mentally prepare and go through uh some simulation at home you're, you're on the golf course you got a 200 yard shot into the green on a par five second shot and just kind of play that scenario in your head and work on what type of things you want to look for uh like the wind or the the turf condition where your ball is lying the condition of that lie uh take all that into account uh, focus on on how you're going to play the shot and then step into it and, and execute. Yep, execute. It's all about proper execution, which only comes from proper preparation. Um, anything that you want to add? 
before we check out of here? Um, I guess I'll just kind of end it with anybody that's listening. If you are lucky enough to go to the PGA show this mm-hmm. week, have a great time. Um, if you'd like to meet up with us, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we, we're always up for meeting anybody that we can. So that kind of leads me into your sign off. Give people how they can get in touch with you. Um, myself, you can get in touch with me at Coach Jordan 67 on Facebook or at Lashoon's J on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and for me, you can contact me through the Love of the Links uh, email, which is loveofthelinks at gmail.com. Or you can even do it uh, through my PGA email, Brendan Elliott at pga.com. Uh, look for us on Instagram at Love of the Links uh, or on Facebook at Love of the Links. And uh, yeah, I really, like I said last week, I'd love to get some interaction going. I'm checking the email from time to time, and I know it's going to take some time for for our uh, listeners to, to build up, but we want to keep providing good content for you guys and uh, look forward to hearing from you at some point. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love of the Links Golf Radio. We will see you next time. Go Tiger. Thanks for listening to Love of the Links. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Love of the Links or email us at lovelinks at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.